0: Praise the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Peter 2, 18. And we're going to read down to verse 22 or 21. And uh, we're going to talk tonight about suffering. Oh, my gosh. Do I know how to suffer? People, believe it or not, don't know how to suffer. And there are different types of suffering. We're going to talk about some of them tonight not all of them but some of them and in first peter two eighteen, it says this servants be subject to your masters with all fear and not only to the good and the gentle but also to the forward or to the brash the harsh but for this is thanksworthy if a man for conscience sake towards god endure grief and suffer wrongfully now the word suffering There simply means to be vexed, to be troubled. It means to uh, be saddened. It means to be depressed. It means to be uh, persecuted, tribulation, any type of trouble, and so forth in that verse. And then let's go down to verse 20. For what glory is it, if when ye are buffeted for your faults, that ye shall take it patiently? But it is when ye do well and suffer for it, for it, ye take it patiently this is acceptable with God so here we see that there is a way that we should suffer certainly we're going to suffer for righteousness sake and we need to suffer when wrong comes upon us we need to get beyond being so uh, what I want to call sensitive to every little thing that doesn't comply with our well-being could I get an amen And just because your boss is not a Christian, just because your workplace is not Christian, just because you're under stress, rejected, or criticized, or made fun of, is no reason for you to short-circuit. It means that we need to bear it up, and we need to suffer the wrong. Even though it's wrong, even though there is no foundation, we need to bear up under that suffering. And then the Bible says this, that, that when you suffer for your faults... Yeah, believe it or not, we all have them. And the word "fault" simply means that you suffer for your transgressions, or not doing a job right, or missing a point, or a, a maybe a step into the job. It means missing the mark. It means the error. It means when you wander from the laws of God, or when you you get agitated and you spout off, or get agitated and you blow a circuit. Whatever it might be, those are things that you're going to suffer a ramification for. Now, those are not things that God wants you to suffer for. We need to have a better attitude of temperance in our life. Could I get an amen? And if a man can stir you up and cause you to separate from the Christ-like nature in you, then you have to wonder either the man is far superior than you or you are far in superior to the nature of Christ that we should be living in. Could I get an amen? Come on, yeah, hallelujah. All right, so we have to understand that we, in a workplace, even though we're suffering wrongfully, just because we're bearing witness to Christ, doesn't give us any opportunity to blow a short circuit and to just give people a piece of our mind. Most of us don't have much of a mind anyway. Let's not be giving it away. Now, let's uh, uh, read in Psalms 9.13. Can
1: I have that read? Psalm 9.13. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me, that thou liftest me up from the gates of death.
0: Now, think of this as another place. Now, you're going to maybe not have favor at your job, your workplace, but here people... That hate you what does that mean that means hate you I looked up the word and it means hate so it doesn't God's not trying to pull any punches there are people that hate you for no cause they're just they're intemperate people they're intolerant they want everything to be their way and and their way only it's either their way or the highway but people despise people you know a lot of people think that the gospel of Jesus Christ the cross Or the faith of Zion including Israel is one of the problems of peace inhabiting this world that we live in but really we are the ones that are keeping back the sons of perdition and the wicked and the Antichrist spirit from this world but they see us as a negative instead of a positive could again amen so sometimes people that hate you why do they hate you they might not just like the way that you dress they might not it's hard telling why people Hate things how many of you are uh, uh, like to eat asparagus how many of you hate it have you ever tasted it some people hate stuff they've never even tasted I can smell something and tell you if I'm gonna like it or not yet if I don't like if I don't like the smell of it I'm not eating I don't care what's in it I don't care how long it promises me life I'm gonna die early I'm not eating it hallelujah and so People that hate you are going to cause trouble, one of the words, for suffering. They're gonna stir things up against you, rumors and, and so forth. Can I have that next verse, First Corinthians
1: 6, 6. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Read the next
0: verse, too, will you,
1: Eric? Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one with another. Why do ye, why do ye not rather take wrong? why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded here we see something that takes
0: place far too much in the body of Christ people forget that we under are under a different banner of government than the world and we think the world is I mean people sue you because you order coffee and it's hot when you get it uh, the, you know uh, I'm sorry I filled your large cup up to the brim well that's why you ordered large when you wanted to get all you want so when you spill it when you're pulling out well it's the restaurant's fault no it's that fault of yours that you wanted as much as you could get for every dime you're spending and so sometimes we put ourselves in a place that brothers or sisters in the body of christ when we make deals everybody expects more than what they are asking for. From a brother or sister, they're asking more. And every brother and sister that is doing a job or presenting something is expecting that you'll take less than what you're wanting. So there's always going to be conflict. So here the Bible tells us that it's better for you and I, as believers, to suffer wrong than it is. To display division and criticism and divisiveness and offense before the world. That means sometimes you just have to bear it up. But he did me wrong. I know it. So, but the Bible tells us that we should not take a brother in the body of Christ to the law. Well, he doesn't pay attention to me. Well, I understand that. But what you have to do is there are times when we just have to suffer for the well-being of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I had a pastor one time that that, uh, was running a church that Phyllis and I had started in another city about an hour from here, and uh, he had embezzled money. My lawyer immediately said, we need to uh, sue him. We need to take him to court. This is illegal and and, uh, all that. And, uh, you know, he would just gone on, and I said, no, absolutely not. He said, well, why not? Don't you know this is illegal? I said, yes, I do. I said, but will this town ever survive a fight between two pastors? I said, you want to think that it's all about money, but God is always bigger than money. I, I wish people could see that God is bigger than money. God is bigger than just one mere action, one event. See, the body of Christ has fell into the scope of the attitude of the world. That nobody wrongs me unless they pay. Well, let me tell you something. There are lots of wrongs that are going to take place in the body of Christ. And the same attitude falls into Christians when we are in an assembly and somebody says something or this or that. And the first thing they do, they just walk out of the church. What did the church do to you? Well, that individual, that individual in the church. It's one part of the church. If you sit on a nail in the pew, don't jump up and run out of the church. Scoot your rear end over. You know, I, I, I mean, I would like to say that it's, it's uh, harder than that, but it's not. It's simple. Folks, not everybody in your family. We all got families in the closet that we don't want people to find out about because they're mean they're crazy they're on drugs they're off drugs they should be on drugs whatever but listen folks you're not going to see eye-to-eye with everybody in the body of Christ but you're gonna have to suck it up and you're gonna have to bear the weaknesses of others so that you don't cause suffering to someone else and that your witness is not tarnished by what you are spreading out to the world. Why? Because the Bible says this, that love covers the multitude of sin, but lovelessness will reveal it all. And so when we get in conflict with people, folks, listen, it's not that I'm telling you we should let people wrong us, but I'm telling you that there is a place that we need to bear it up, suck it up, need to walk through it, that we as Christians can protect the witness of the gospel of the unity of the kingdom of God. Amen. Quit being so. Get, you aren't a cat on a hot tin roof. Praise God. Come on, you got more strength in you than just to be offended. Amen. And if you haven't been, get married. You'll get strong. Yeah, marriage brings offense. Hallelujah. All right, can I have the the Second Timothy three twelve?
1: Yea, and all that li- that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution wow all that live godly
0: why darkness never complies with light and if you are going to bear witness to jesus christ then understand that you are going to suffer conflict from those that are ignorant in the kingdom of god and there are people like that and if you go over to first corinthians 14th chapter and let's look at uh i'll I'll show you a scripture and then uh, but not everybody in the world is going to like you living right making right decisions and standing against wrong people are not going to like that now you can bring undue suffering on your life by criticizing or judging the ungodly well they've got to be told you no know, they've got to be told the good news they don't have to be told they're sinners see we have to understand that it's the good news. They know that they're sinners. It's the good news of God, Romans, the second chapter, that brings them to the cross. But if you're going to criticize and, and pick at people and always be saying, well, you know, don't you know that'll send you to hell? Don't you know that's wrong? Look, the Bible says God judges those that are without. Our job is to judge those that are within. Could it get an amen? All right, good deal and so first corinthians 14th chapter and uh i'm looking for uh the scripture where it says if somebody comes in and there's no interpreter okay let's uh go down to a verse 35 i believe yeah let's go to 35 and they will if they will learn anything let it be from their husbands at home for it is a shame of a woman to speak in the church. What, what came the word of God out from you or came it unto you only? If any man think that himself to be a, a prophet or spiritual, spiritual, let him acknowledge that what things that I say unto you, that they are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, I'm sorry, that was a wrong passage of scripture. I'm looking for if man prophesy. Oh, I'm sorry. It's in verse 22. I'm sorry. And it says, wherefore, tongues are for a sign. Somebody say a sign. sign. Now, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. That believe not. But prophecy serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which do believe. If there, therefore, if the whole church be come together, in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in one of those that are what or what unbelieving will they not say that you're all mad now what is an unbelieving or an unlearned Christian someone that has never learned the gifts of the Spirit never ever been taught and or people that don't believe it now that's one class or two classes of people in the body of Christ and if they come in and people speak in tongues which is not wrong to speak in tongues in an assembly all together if that's the order that is set if I come up here and I say hey let's all stand and let's repeat the Lord's Prayer is that out of order Well, you're all praying at the same time. Don't you think that's crazy? No, I don't think it's crazy at all. But what if we come up and say, hey, let's just lift our heavenly language up to the Father and let's just begin to pray for our families for the next couple, two or three minutes in an unknown tongue. Is that out of order? No. No, absolutely not. So then it goes on to say this, but if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not, Or one that is unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Now remember, the unbelieving and the unlearned come in. Now, notice that the word it says here, that believeth not these are people that come in that are not believers and then there are people that come in that are not learned in the gift of prophecy remember he's already established that person unlearned or unbelieving and so there is the unbelieving and the unlearned in the body of christ they're not our enemies could again amen they're not our enemies it doesn't take the holy ghost to go to heaven it takes being born again amen and so there's no sense in adding something when nothing is required to be born again or to go to heaven. Well, everybody needs the Holy Ghost. I understand that. But everybody that's criticizing those people need to walk in love too. So, and then we see that an unbelieving, an unbeliever, one that does not believe. Now we have an unbeliever that doesn't believe in God at all. He might have been ignorant, might have been An atheist might have been separated from God or the one that is unlearned. But once he is prophesied to and the secrets of his heart, those things that he's dealing with, that God has revealed to him, that God has spoken to him, when he sees them, he will fall down and acknowledge God is in this place. And so you have those different types of people in the body of Christ. So we have to understand that not everybody is going to walk like we walk and so if we have to but we don't want to come across or we don't want to put burdens on people that every time they make a mistake that we're going to uh, respond to them in an ungodly way come on let love cover people's sins amen praise god it would be don't you ever wonder why you can't talk to people if you have a problem because the bible says we confess our faults one to another but i'll tell you what it shouldn't be that we confess them one to another and then you blab to every other. We have got to establish a place that we love one another and that we're able to bear one another's burdens and that simply means that we have enough love to cover sins that we don't have to share other people's faults. Why is it that when we start talking about people and we start saying, well, you know, now you know he's got his problems. If you're starting to tell a tale, so do you. So we need to be cautious, amen? And uh, so, and, and I'm just telling you, these types of things cause suffering to come to people's lives. All right, could I have 1 Thessalonians uh, 3, 4?
1: For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and ye know. Now, Paul
0: prophesies to us, and tells us that we are going to suffer persecution tribulations we're going to suffer for righteousness sake so why is it a big problem that we are so overtaken by this heavyweight when it happens to us Paul said we told you it was going to happen and so it even came to pass in other words Paul prophesied to every believer if you're a Christian get ready get ready for what for suffering wrongfully why do we think it's strange when wildfire comes against us to tempt us? No, we don't think that it's strange. It's a part of our Christian life. Amen? All right, let's go to, uh, uh, can I have read Galatians 5.11? I'm quickly trying to get these things across tonight so we can uh, pray. And, all right, who's got Galatians 5.11? And I, brethren, if ye preach circumcision why is why do ye suffer persecution then is the offense not cross ceased. there it tells us look we are going to suffer persecution just for witnessing of the cross the cross is offensive to the world and if you think that the world is going to love you because you say hey i'm a christian i believe in the death the burial and the resurrection of jesus what that means is this I believe everybody in the world, including myself, was a sinner. And I believe that everybody must be saved the way that God said it and that there are no alternatives. Now, you've got to understand when you say that, everybody that believes anything contrary to that now puts their sights on you. So look, you're going to suffer for it. Thanks be to God if you are being persecuted for your faith. Amen. It is a, well, we'll get in that in just a second. Let's go to 2 Timothy 1.12. 2 Timothy 1.12. For the which causes also suffer these things, nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believe, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against this day. In other words, again, Paul says, because of what I believe, I am persuaded. I've got to stay persuaded even though suffering comes. What does suffering come for? It doesn't come to teach you something. Its real motive is to destroy or to separate you from your faith. It's to depress you. Remember, it's to cause trouble, persecution. It's to vex you in any way, shape or form that it can. So you've got to realize that suffering is not your friend, But if you know what it's about, if you know who is behind it, you'll not get agitated to the people that are delivering it. Amen. All right, let's go to 2 Timothy 2.12.
1: If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us.
0: Now think of that if we suffer in other words if we endure but then if we deny him when would we deny him not when the chariots are bringing abundance not when the camels are coming home come on not when our our wheat and our barley fields are bursting forth with new wine that that's not when we would deny jesus when do we deny jesus under the pressure of suffering The pressure of suffering comes to get you to deny who Jesus is and what he said. And so suffering will vex you, torment you. It'll cause you to be depressed. It'll cause you to think wrong thoughts. But what you've got to do and I've got to do, if we will endure, we shall be glorified with him. And that's what it's all about is that we are pressing towards. Look, it's through much tribulation or suffering, anxieties, vexations, and pressures that we enter into the kingdom of God. Amen? And so you've got to go through them to get into the kingdom. All right, let's go to 2 Thessalonians 1.5. I, I always love this passage of Scripture. 2 Thessalonians 1.5. And uh, this tells us really how we are to view suffering and tribulations. Go ahead:
1: Which is a manifest taken of the righteous judgment, judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffered.:
0: Notice what it says. It's an evident token. In other words, anybody know what a token is? It is a symbol of something that's already been paid for. It is a token that gives you passage. It's something that reminds you of something. You ever been to Disney World, King's Island, and you squeezed out one of them pennies? Uh, That's like a token. When you look at that, you call to remembrance. Well, when you see tribulation, suffering, and persecution come, open your eyes. It doesn't come from God. It comes from men that hate you. It comes from the adversary. It can come from ignorant men. It can come from uncomplying Christians. It can come from people that are easily offended, people that are jealous. It can come from all different sorts. But it never comes from God for the simple fact, the very basis of it is to separate you from your faith. And so when this suffering comes, it's a token. Look at it and say, Jesus is on my side. He's bought me. The devil recognizes that I'm a Christian, and he's trying to break my union with God. And so when it comes, the Bible says, count it all joy. Well, why do we count it joy? Because we understand something about it, that when we handle suffering rightly, it does something for us. In James 1, 2, it says, look, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations and sufferings and vexations, persecutions, hardships, hatefulness, criticism. Count it all joy because when you are in this, it worketh patience. And when patience has its complete work, you will be entire lacking how much? nothing in other words when tribulation and the suffering is coming it comes to destroy you but if you will understand what it's trying to do and understand that the people that are delivering it are not your problem stop trying to fight shadows they aren't your enemies the devil is your enemy well they don't have to be used like that and christians shouldn't be used by the devil either but peter was and so can other people be amen and so when we know that this is going to work if we handle it rightly you know all things will work together for our good if we love god and keep his commandments in other words if you keep the commandments of god in the midst of your persecution your tribulation, your hardships, and your troubles, if you'll handle it God's way. If you'll handle it God's way, guess what? It will work for you. And then patience, which will teach you how to endure, stand steadfast, when it has its complete work, then what's going to happen is you're going to have a faith that will produce something that you've never, ever experienced before and you'll be entire, lacking nothing. You know, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5.10 that after you have suffered a while, God will make you new or establish you, refreshing you. So that simply means this, that everything has its season. But what God wants you to do is that while you're in this season of persecution, of fire, don't let it burn you. Handle it the way that God would handle it. Don't be afraid of the fire or the heat of it. Know that God's with you right there in that furnace. Could it get an amen? And then let God temper you, change you, and mold you under the pressure of the devil's attack. And when you come out, you will be stronger than you went in. Hallelujah. The Bible says that, there is no temptation that is not common, that has not taken man, no type of suffering therewith that God has not a way, made a way of escape. What is the way of escape? Stand you still, bind yourself together with God's promise, which means wait on the Lord. And God, at the time, in due time, God will come, raise you up because the transformation that he is working because of what the enemy is doing will be complete, will be complete. Let the process of suffering run its course. Don't short circuit by murmuring and complaining. Why, what happens? Because when you start murmuring, complaining, and you break down right there, guess what? The devil is going to take you captive at his will. 2 Timothy 2, 23, 24, 25, why? Because now he knows where your weakness is. You've already displayed, this is a point of faithlessness for me. This is where I check out on God. Well, what he does is he doesn't know everything, but he does keep records. He keeps records because he builds weapons formed against you based on his historic discovery of your breakdowns mm-hmm so just don't break down well, well, well how long doesn't matter you can do all things through Christ the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1 3 on down through 7 it talks about Paul said that You know, when the sufferings of Christ and the tribulation, the afflictions came upon us, God comforted us. And in the midst of our comforting, what we did was this. We said, let's find out how God is bringing us through so that when we see other people, we can help them come through it the way that we've come through it. In other words, tribulation comes to destroy you, but let it become your schoolmaster so that you'll be more qualified to help others that go through what you go through. Pay attention to what you need to learn. God's trying to teach me. No, the devil's trying to destroy you. But if you'll submit to God, he will become your teacher in the midst of your furnace. Now, and so when we are there, what we want to do is we want to learn stuff. We want to learn so that we don't have to come back through here. Because once you defeat the devil on one front, he's not going to come back and fight you there again. Why? Because you know how to handle him. Amen? So learn how to handle it, but come out equipped to be a rescuer or a lifter up of your brethren are going through the things that you have been through. Amen. Hallelujah. And then the other thing is, let's go to uh gosh, uh let's go to Romans 12 14. Romans
2: 12.14. Hallelujah. It says, Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Woo! In other words.
0: You don't want to speak evil, murmur, complain about the instrument or the individual that the devil is using that comes towards you. What you want to do is pronounce blessing upon them. No, oh my, no, no, that's not right. Yes, it is. It is right because that's what Jesus did. He was cursed and reviled again, yet he reviled not because we are not called to curse We are not called to tear down. We are called to build up and to bless even those that do us wrong. Amen. Remember when Jesus said, love your enemies? This is a part of loving your enemy. Loving your enemy. And so we want to make sure that we are loving our enemies and not adding fuel to their darkness that they're being used of the devil. Now, let's go to First uh, Peter 2.18. We've got First Peter 2.18. There you go. Come on, come on, Phil. Kick it in gear.
2: <laughs> Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward.
0: Go down to 23.
2: For, for this is thankworthy if a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully for what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults you shall take it patiently but if when you do well and suffer for it you take it patiently this is acceptable with god for even here and were you called because christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps who did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth who when he was reviled reviled not again when he suffered he threatened not but committed himself to him that judges righteously
0: amen so here we see that we have Jesus himself being our example did Jesus curse those that spoke against him those that took him to the cross absolutely not what's his last words father forgive them for they know not what they do that's why we don't want to try to deal with the man, the woman, the situation or whoever the devil is trying to use be wise enough to look beyond the moment and the person and see the characteristic of who is motivating them amen and bless them you say oh man that's hard, no, no no it's not at first it'll probably feel like cussing but really if you bless them what does the Bible say that which you sow is what you reap so you think that you're putting something out well you can't do anything that you haven't already received so you were blessed when you had nothing bless them with something and you know what think of this if God says I will bless them and you bless them is life eternal blessing That'll be a seed for God to start using. And he'll start speaking to them. And he'll start ministering to them. He'll start giving them dreams. He'll start doing all kinds of stuff because you've pronounced blessing. And it's in your power to bless or to curse. So if we bless them, they may end up coming to Christ. And they'll become your greatest friends instead of your greatest adversaries. So, We're all going to go through suffering. You can't get beyond it. Amen? And don't add to it by, you know, doing crazy stuff. But we're all going to suffer, and it's all going to be authorized, instituted, set in motion by the devil. It has one plan and one purpose, to cause you to separate yourself from your faith. But we, we want to be able to bear up under it. Bear it. know this, that it has come. You're not going to make it go away, no matter how much you talk about the other person, complain about the other person, spread rumors about the other person. It's not going to go away. But you throwing those little sticks of wood on that, you'll start more fires than you know what to do with. Just be quiet. I think it's, somebody told me one time, you know, you can be a fool, but if you shut up, people think you're smart. I've told my grandkids before, They'd be trying to tell their mom something. I'd say, you know, you've missed about six spots that could have lengthened your life. You need to shut up. Well, she should know. No, she doesn't need to know. Shut up. I want to go hunting. Because she keeps wanting. You You keep it up. You, ain't, you keep it up. You're going to regret it. And I'd say, why do I got to get punished for what you just beat them so we can go hunting? no 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 she wants to penalize me too I tell him I'm more miserable because of your mistakes than you are <laughs> hallelujah now look we're gonna suffer we're gonna bear up under because we can do all things through Christ and because we know what it's all about and so we're gonna be patient we're gonna stand steadfast bind ourselves to the promise of God God, you said no weapon formed against me. God, you said a lion tongue is but for a season. You, God said that a rumor will not exist. And and just quote what God said. Bind yourself together and let God fight your battle. Amen? And then what we want to do when these people come, what we want to do is bless them. I tell you, you throw blessing on people trying to wrong you, you will cause them to get so confused, they're liable to turn on their own sword and kill themselves you listen they don't understand that love cannot be fathomed by the unrenewed mind and so let's deal with it rightfully so we can come through it showing forth the love of Christ amen and there's nothing man can do to you that can stop you from being or receiving everything that God has given you come on the devil can't stop you either Go to amen. All right, praise God. Stand to your feet. Father, oh, God, we worship you and we thank you. God, we, we just choose, God, that we will not suffer as evildoers. God, we will not suffer any faults, transgressions, wrongs, God, that we will knowingly do. We won't do it, God. We're going to be Christians. And then, God, we want to thank you that you have enabled us To bear up, to be strong, God. God, to be able to come through suffering, God, in a victorious way. That, God, we can take the fires of destruction and use them and allow them to become fires of temperance and change in our life. God, in our suffering, we can have a voice of joy and celebration because we know what's going on. Patience is going to have its complete work, and we're going to be, hallelujah, complete, lacking nothing. And God, we are people of blessing. That God, when wrong is dealt towards us, praise God, we deal goodness back. God, there was none righteous, none that sought God, none that did right. Yet, God, in our weakest moment, you sent your beloved son to die for us. And God we have the love of god shed abroad in our heart and god we are not afraid to depend on it and to use it to express it and to speak it in jesus name amen